1: Radio Tony,
2: live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Radio Tony, difficult conversations and bringing hope to listeners. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia on W4WN.
0: Good morning, and welcome to radio tony you're listening to your host tony lontis and we're broadcasting live from the gold coast australia and this morning i just wanted to touch base with all my amazing listeners and see how you're all doing a big shout out to rebel who is our radio technician and as she said to me this morning i'm in complete lockdown anyway so i'm glad that rebel is safe from this horrible virus but I'd really love to know how everyone's going out there. It's unprecedented times, and I'm sure that a lot of you are feeling a little anxious about what's going on in and around your country and across the world. And this morning on Radio Tony, in our first five minutes, I'd really love to know that you're okay, that you're doing all right, and that – and how this – Uh, latest world events are affecting you and your family do you know anyone with the virus if not that's fantastic but what's it meaning for you in your life for me here in Australia uh, we are slowly ramping up the exclusions and isolations from a personal perspective as some of you might already know i'm in self-isolation simply by virtue of the fact that i have an autoimmune disease my rheumatoid arthritis means that my immune system is not good at coping with many things and lots of the things that you are being asked to do in your day-to-day life are I practice every day anyway. So the only additional thing for me is to remain at home. So all the other things that you're doing, hand washing, social distancing, staying away from people with um, colds and stuff, then I do that regularly and just don't tell many people about that. I just do that in my personal space in in my own way and that's part of my life. Again, the only additional thing that I'm doing is staying home. My husband has been working home from uh, his company uh, for the last, this is his second week. They are a worldwide company and their decree has told all of their staff across the whole world to work from home unless it's an absolute emergency. So, Lots of different things and I just, listeners, I really want to know that you're okay. I know that a lot of people are struggling and that the news that is being played across the media is depressive depressive and uh, anxiety-provoking and... Today, we're going to be talking to some amazing people across the program about all sorts of different ways that we can be happy and healthy in this time. And our first guest today is a lovely woman called Wendy Coulter, and she is the founder of The Practical Path, her accredi- her certification program in medical intuition. Medical intuitive training is her trademark, and it's been pivotal in helping holistic health professionals from every every discipline, develop and optimise their inherent intuition. Wendy is an invited speaker, instructor at prominent health organisations, inclu- including ProBee's Cardiovascular Institute at Skips Health, uh, Andrew Well Centre for Integrative Medicine, Academy of Integrative Health and Medicine, the Association for Comprehensive Energy and Psychology, and the American Holistic Nurses Association. She serves energy health committee um, of the integrated health policy consortium washington dc and um, hello this is wendy have her live on the show today and we will be talking after the break directly with wendy and we will talking about her specialty which is medical intuition and in the current state of Venice, I think that this is a very important conversation to have so we're going to pop over to a short break and when we come back I'll be introducing you live to Wendy Coulter for a wonderful conversation about medical intuition thank you, to you rebel
1: Keeping the conversation going on the suppressed social and moral issues. This is Radio Tony on W4WN. Join Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Radio Tony uncovers and exposes the social and moral issues of our time, bringing social consciousness to the airwaves. You're not alone with your secrets. Let's talk trauma and resilience. Audience. Radio Tony with Tony Lontus. Thursday evenings from 7pm Eastern Standard Time on W4WN.
2: Keep the conversation going. Direct resistance. Call Radio Tony. Hello. 561 623 9421 on W4WN Radio Guest Skype.
0: And welcome back to Radio Tony. Now, we have Wendy on the line, and she's just sorting out her uh, tech. Um, how are you going, Wendy? Uh,
3: That's hey, fine. I'm, I'm good. Can you hear me okay?
0: I can hear you okay. Um, I'm hoping okay. the listeners can hear you you fine. Welcome to Radio Tony, and thank you for taking time out of your busy day to appear on the show. Um, how are you doing?
3: I'm doing great, doing great. How about yourself? We're hanging in there with all of this uh, crazy world stuff going on.
0: <laughs> it is. It, it's unprecedented, isn't it? I was just telling our listeners that I'm in self-isolation in Australia, um, and I'm pretty grateful that I still get to do my radio shows, and I see that as... It's a wonderful opportunity to continue to connect with people in a very real way via internet radio. And I'm grateful for you coming on the show today to talk about medical uh, intuition. And before we get into the interview at large, are you doing okay? What's, what's happening in your world and where you are in LA, Wendy?
3: Well, we are on self-isolation. Everyone's asked to stay home and work from home, which is not a problem for me because that's how I work anyway. Yeah. Uh, I work all live online with my program. So uh, thankfully, the students are all very grateful that we can continue to connect And uh, they're from all over the world as well. And I think we're going to see more of that as time goes forward. But, you know, everyone is taking it in stride, you know, even though there seems to be a toilet paper shortage wherever (laughs) you go.
0: (laughs) It's kind of laughable, Um, that toilet paper uh, shortage. I don't quite understand. I Um, don't quite either. Yeah, yeah. I I think that. (laughs) that this will, from my perspective, and I don't know about you, Wendy, but I actually think that the world on the other side of this crisis might be amazing what if it caused people to think more about each other to practice social distancing when they're sick um, to wash their hands more often to connect live online I, i just from my perspective and i'm the eternal optimist i see wonderful things on the other side of this what about I you? I agree
3: with you Tony. Yes, I absolutely agree. One of the most important things that we can remember in a in a, an unprecedented situation like this is that we are a global community. Yes. And we're all connected. Yes. And this is one of those kind of wake-up calls for humanity I where agree. we have to see that yeah, we we're all connected now. As a medical intuitive, I already see that, you know, from my perspective. Uh, how things work in terms of health and wellness yes. and all that. But it's really a very important time, I think, in human history where we really get to understand the connections that we have across borders, across the planet. And uh, hopefully it can help to bring us even closer together and more yeah. aware.
0: It, it's, from my perspective, it's almost like where the world is gearing up in consciousness in a consciousness level, like it's almost like we're entering a new age. I I feel that quite prominently. Um, And is that something you you feel too, Wendy?
3: Well, I've been feeling that for a long time, Tony. Uh, Excellent. Yeah, I've been really feeling that this is a time where we all are looking towards uh, planetary health. And uh, along with human health, Mm. we're, we're all part of it. You know we're all connected. Mm. You know the animals, the n- nature, yes. our human bodies. <laughs> we're all connected with the planet, and we need to start looking at it from that perspective.
0: And and so, if you think about you. it, if you think about it from a planet perspective, how amazing that the world almost gets to take a deep breath because factories are shutting down, planes are not flying, humans are staying inside. It's almost like, like. Uh, I'm very in tune with the earth and, and the planet and it's almost like there's a glee within nature um, about what's happening at the moment um, and mm-hmm. and that's a good thing I yeah, think
3: yeah. Well you see it I, I think there's been some wonderful reports about pollution reducing because we're not yes. driving our cars or flying our planes and, and the animals are loving it and if the yeah. animals like it you know it's going to be good for us too <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah Um, My goats are particularly happy at the moment. They're just all like blissed out, probably because mum and dad are home with them and talk to them multiple times through the day and they get many, many more pets than they usually do. But yeah, they're pretty happy at the moment, I have to say. So, Wendy...
3: I think all the house pets are feeling that. Yes. All the pets are loving it. (laughs) Yes.
0: And it's, and it's yes. making us really happy that, that, that you can feel how happy they are. So there's lots of yes. good things that can come out of the horribleness that's around at the moment. So, Wendy, let's get on with talking about medical intuition. Um, and I'd love to begin by telling our listeners what is medical intuition and what is its benefit?
3: Yes. Medical, excuse me, <clears throat> <Yes>. medical intuition. <laughs> Hold on a second. I'm sorry about that. That's perfectly medical intuition okay. is <laughs> medical <laughs> intuition is a system, it's a method and a skill set of viewing the physical body and the biofield to look for imbalances in the biofield.
0: Uh-huh. And what's the benefit of having that skill set? And is it available to anyone who learns?
3: Yes, yeah. so the benefit uh, from for for the practitioner, and I teach people from across the spectrum. I teach doctors, nurses, uh, and then people from uh, complementary alternative like um, yeah. acupuncturists, chiropractors. So for people who are in wellness care, what it gives them is a holistic view, a three hundred and sixty view of both the physical body and the and the biofield, which is the chakra system, the aura system, and what yeah, we're looking yeah. for are not just physical imbalances, that's important, uh, so people can do their jobs uh, most accurately and effectively, but we're also looking for what causes these imbalances. And that's where things get really interesting, because we want to see the origins of the imbalance, not just the you know, the specifics of what's going on right now, even though that's important. So when you start looking at the history of why an issue manifested for somebody in an imbalanced state, there's a ton of information that the body holds on to that is uh, incorporated into the biofield. And medical intuition is a skill set to basically evaluate, identify it, evaluate it, and communicate it to the client or the patient. And that gives that person... So much more information for health yes. and wellness. Yeah. So
0: there's a little bit of difference between medical intuition and energy healing. Can you explain to our listeners what the difference is?
3: Yes. So what an energy healer does, and I don't know if your audience is familiar with energy healing, uh, but energy healing are people. Energy healers are people who use. Uh, different forms or frequencies, you could say, of energy like to reiki. your hands, usually, right? To, like reiki, exactly, yes. or healing touch or therapeutic mm-hmm. touch. And what those me- what those methods, what those modalities do, is that they're designed to shift the uh, anything in the energy field, like energetic frequency. That's what yep. they're designed to, so that it helps the body heal. Yes. Now, medical intuition doesn't affect the physical body or the biofield at all. We're observing. We're assessing and evaluating. And what's good about that is that for practitioners, it's especially good because we can see if our modality is really going to do the job for someone. That's a real key difference right there. And sometimes it will, and sometimes there's other things that the body is asking for. So it's honestly, Tony, what it is, is it's a deep conversation between the practitioner and the, the client or patient's physical body and biofield. We're literally talking and hearing and listening to the body. And uh, and the way, the way I do it is through uh, a skill of visual sight. So I want to see what's going on, not just hear or feel it, you know, like many intuitives do. I want to actually see visually what's happening. So I need to know anatomy. I need to know physiology. (laughs) I need to know energy anatomy (laughs) Uh and all of those, all of those educational pieces help me understand what's happening for someone
0: fantastic i am um, i'm very interested in this uh, whole realm of medical intuition um, i've only just discovered the the intuitive realm and the energy healing modalities at recent times in my life which um, leads me to my next question you've been uh, intuitively gifted from an early age i understand wendy
3: Yes, but you know, I I don't consider myself unusual. <laughs> I recognize so think, myself. Uh-huh.
0: So you think that many people have uh, are intuitively gifted? They just don't know how to tap into it or use those skills.
3: I think everyone is intuitively gifted. We're born with this. It's it's a very human experience, and uh-huh. uh, we haven't. Yeah, we have intuitive experiences every day, but we don't recognize it that way. We don't call it that. And most of us live in Western society and in Western society, those are taboo subjects. (laughs) So Mm. if you think about, you know, that experience of when you're sort of thinking about somebody or, concerned about somebody or just, you know, you're thinking about your friend or your family member and then within 24 hours, they contact you in some way, yes. they text you or they yes. call you or they email you. Well, that, believe it or not, that's intuition. That's called clear cognizance, which means clear knowing. And that is very, very common for people. And it's not ESP or some paranormal thing. It's actually a very human experience. So my, okay. my perspective, Yeah is that this is hardwired into human nature. It's just that we don't have a language for it necessarily. And society tends to be skeptical of it. But everybody, every day has intuitive experiences. You know, when you call, when you get a gut feeling or a hunch. Yes. A gut, yes, a gut feeling or a hunch, again, is part of that. Intuition. Inner knowing. Yeah, it's intuition. And uh, regardless of how it turns out, Very often, people look back and they go, you know, I had a feeling about that or a hunch about that. And it turns out to be accurate. This is again. So from a young age, I was very in touch with my intuition and I never really questioned it (laughs) like most people do. And I was very lucky, Tony, in that my parents didn't shut it down. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) what a gift. Most parents will do that, you know, just out of support and safety and concerned about their child. But yeah. Um, as I grew up, I kind of realized that I was able to look at people and just get a sense of whether or not they were not feeling well. You know, I could just sort mm-hmm. of tell. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And how did you? Like that.
0: How did you go about um, honing your skills? That's not the right word. How did you go about developing those skills as you got
3: older? Well, I did a lot of reading. Um, I was always interested in kind of, you know, esoteric information. And so I I read a lot Um, and a lot there's, you know, they're wonderful metaphysical bookstores. You know, as a teenager, I used to go and browse and I had a little summer job in one. And I just developed my visual intuition kind of over time by practicing it. Uh, And it was always a fun game to me. But I'll tell you what, I read a book, and this was older, uh, when I got a mm-hmm. little older, in my 20s, I read a book called uh, uh, Quantum Healing by Deepak oh. Chopra. Oh.
0: Wonderful
3: book. And he talks in this book about giving his patients visualization skills to cure their issues, like to help them visualize their tumors, you know, disappearing or their issues disappearing or going away. And I thought this was really fascinating information. And uh, right around that time, I developed a little benign tumor. Um, yeah. And when I went to the doctor, she said, "Well, let's have some surgery. We'll remove this just to be on the safe side." And I remember saying to her, "Well, how about I try, you know, dis- dissolving it with my mind?" Mm-hmm. And what was <laughs> her <laughs> response? <laughs> well, she thought I was crazy. And why wouldn't you think anything otherwise? <laughs> oh.
4: she, she gave
3: you, you know, you know when dogs tilt their heads, they give you that little. Head, you know, they, they tilt their heads because they're, they're puzzled. <laughs> that's the kind of look she gave me. It was oh. very funny, but she was delightful. And she said, I probably won't hurt you. So I went home and for that, a two week interval before the surgery, I used visualization in my mind's eye to see that tumor shrinking. And I just used some fun imagery to kind of just see it dissolve away. And that's all I did. And uh, two weeks later, when I came back for the surgery, um, I hear her examine me and she gasped and she said, what did you do? And I'm thinking, well, that's the end, right? You know? <laughs> I've done something terrible. She said, it shrugged by half. And she wanted to know how I did, you know, what happened because it wasn't going to do that. It wasn't that kind of tour. And I, I thought to myself, well, this is it. This, there's something to this. You know, when you can affect your own physical experience with visualization in your mind, something's going on. That experience sent me off on sort of a lifetime of healing, you know learning how to do energy healing and visualization techniques and it led me to more skills. and I ended up becoming a teacher of energy medicine and intuitive uh, skills in Los Angeles. And um, I realized that as I was working um, as a healer, I was I was getting I was able to see both into the body in more detail than my colleagues could or my other students could. I was seeing the anatomy and I was also seeing the life history and all of that was sort of naturally coming forth because I just kind of allowed it and developed it over the years. And my my colleagues were sending me all their tough cases and doctors were hearing about me and calling me for consultations for their patients. And I realized that there was a real gap in the energy healing world uh, and in certainly in the traditional medicine world where people were not able or did not know that they could even access this deeper information for health. And I, what I found was that my clients were able to move more quickly through their healing process mm-hmm. just by hearing from me as a medical intuitive, what it was that was causing this, the issue in the first place. So, That became a goal for me to create a program that really, it's not energy healing. It's not typical, you know, um, energy work or visual work of any kind. It really is something unique. I didn't even have a word for it until I read um, uh, Carolyn Mace's book, Anatomy of the Spirit, where she talks about medical intuition. And I said, well, that's what I'm doing. And I yeah. think that the healthcare, the, the world of healthcare needs this skill.
0: I couldn't agree with okay. you more. I think a world where yeah. we combine the best of what medical science knows and the very best of what our intuitive and mind and energy healing modalities can offer is a great boon for humanity as a whole.
3: Yes, yes. Well, so, there's something, there's a, I'm sorry. You'll go, you go. <laughs> I was going to say the distinction here between medical intuition and a healing modality is again, we're not, medical intuitions are observing. It's an assessment and an evaluation. And that information is so valuable. Think of it from the client side. If you have an issue and you've gone to six doctors and nothing has worked, right? Or you feel that there's no help for you or the yeah. protocols that you're being given are not necessarily the best for you or whatever that is try complementary and alternative well there's a million things to try and complementary and alternative as well so what medical intuition can do is is help prioritize what may help in those circumstances for someone to really find the road and the pathway to healing and that's the value to the healthcare world this particular skill yeah
0: yeah I've got some wonderful questions coming in um, Wendy so before I go on to the next question um, Vance wants to say I have to tell you they have told us to limit our internet usage here in California so a lot of people will not be chatting so they can just listen in without interruptions. Oh Vance thank you for telling me that Um, it's difficult to know just how many people are listening but I'm so glad that you've brought that up thank you Vance. Um, Jenna says this is so true we are tuned in and listening thank you for listening today jenna paula says we are only be listening tonight so we don't lose our internet as well we don't know what we don't want to miss a show Thank you, Paula. So, uh, thank you so much, listeners. for quickly, letting me know that um, in California, the issue is around internet using. So, by all means, no need to comment. Just listen into our wonderful conversation with Wendy. And the next thing I want to talk to Wendy about is was is that um, Wendy was involved with Louise Hay uh, Hay's living room healing sessions. So, I wanted to tap into that, Wendy, and get you to tell us listeners what that was like and what some of the results were in that in those healing sessions
3: oh that was a wonderful experience and that was early on in my life as a sort of a baby healer (laughs) Um, a good friend of mine was uh, one of her assistants this is a long time ago when she had just put out a a few of her books and she was working with the AIDS community in Los Angeles and uh, he said you got to come over and see what you know what's going on over here (laughs) And I went over to, and she was doing these in her, literally in her apartment in San Ah. Francisco. And uh, it was in her living room. And she'd gather a group, I think once a week or so, uh, where people would come in and just uh, sit with her. She would lead us through a meditation Mm -hmm. and through affirmations. Mm -hmm. And then she'd teach us a little bit about, you know, her philosophy and the way she looked at it. And someone would volunteer for a healing session with a group and they'd lie down on the carpet in her living room and she'd bring out crystals and singing bowls. And as far as I can remember, things like that. And she would say, let's send them healing energy with our intention. Now, I I remember at the time thinking, I wonder what that means. <laughs> but I remember like putting my hands out and, and feeling this rush of energy sort of come through my body and out my hands and, you know, towards this person, whoever the volunteer was on the, on the rug. And we would do that for a little while. And, and then they would, we'd stop and then they talk about their experience. And it was a wonderful time to sort of experiment and play with the idea of intentional energy, what that means and how that works. And, you know, we, we all know Louise Hay has just been a leading light in the world for yes. these kinds of, of, of thoughts and methods and, and uh, ways of looking at energy. Fabulous. I, I
0: See, this sort of thinking, understanding and conversations lights me up and I just have to let you know, Wendy, that Susan says we are good in Mississippi as well and we want you to know that we're here listening with you. Cassie said our group is here listening in from Tennessee. Thank you, listeners. I, I just thank you so much for letting me know. Um, oftentimes, when when there's no not a lot of way to tell who's listening and who's not, and sometimes you think, "Gosh, is is, is anyone listening? Is this of interest to you?" I want to, <laughs> I want to, I want to give, give people <laughs> some collective hope in in times such as this. And one of those yeah. ways is to just let you know that there is so much more out there that can help you um, in in terms of keeping safe and healthy and one of those is medical um, intuition and healing modalities so from your early days and your early work you then went on to develop a medical intuitive program so yeah. what led you to develop that and how do you work with people um and as, and is this open to everyday people, or do you have to be a special sort of person to do this? What's your thoughts, Wendy?
3: Yes, well, my I developed my program specifically for wellness professionals, meaning yes. anyone from the health and healing fields. And that really encompasses people like health coaches, uh, you know certainly you know people from the energy healing perspective, all the way to you know mental health care and nursing and doctors and everyone like everything in between. Uh, and the programs have just about everyone in between. And the reason I concentrated on wellness providers and wellness professionals is because those are the people that everyone goes to when they need help. And that's where I saw the value being most potent. Um, What's nice about medical intuition or very useful, especially in these times, is that it's a remote skill. So any medical intuitive that I've trained can work over the phone, over the internet, with people all over the world, as as I do. I have clients all over the world and all over the country. Yeah. And that makes it more open and, and available. I will say that we have medical intuitives working in research, medical research and scientific oh. research. There are medical intuitives in ERs. There are medical intuitives in clinics. There wow. are a lot more than people think. <laughs> wow. They're out there. Uh, and doing so their doctors, work doctors sorry, and psychiatrists? Doctors, doctors. yes.
0: Yes. What Many a people powerful, What a powerful yeah. tool to add it to is. your science-based knowledge. I'm um, That's yeah. amazing, Wendy. That's really yes. good to hear.
3: Well, I'll give you some more data for your listeners yes. and you yes. can find this on my on my website, which is thepracticalpath.com. Which I'm, I'm going to put up now for our listeners. It's called the Practical Path.
0: I'm also going to put that's up all of um, Wendy's uh, social media um, handles as well. So I'll do that as we're talking. You you keep talking, Wendy, and I'll (laughs) pop the links in the chat box. (laughs)
3: <laughs> one of the things that, uh, you know, empirical Western science loves is empirical data. They love, and, and, and so they should. I believe yeah. in testing. I believe in checking. I believe in gathering data if you're going to work in this area. So there have been no uh, studies on medical intuition that have been conclusive and very, very small ones. And a long time ago, uh, yeah. there haven't been any that I could find. So what I decided to do uh, was last year, and uh, late also in 2018, we finished it last year and published the results online. Uh, we're still uh, working on uh, publishing in a peer-reviewed journal. Um, this was a pilot study that we created, and when I say we, I mean my graduates and colleagues uh, at the University of California, San Diego in the School of Medicine Department. Yes. Uh, we created a, a, a pilot study to see what the accuracy of our graduates was. Now this was informal Uh study, which we are now going to make a formal study based on the results. And I'll share those right now. We had, yeah, five of my graduate students and about 67 um, uh, people who wanted to be part of it, like subjects. And these were people from all over the place. We didn't say, you know, it had to be one thing or another. We just let people decide if they wanted to be involved. And what we did was we asked them a series of questions. Now these sessions that my students had with them were blinded, meaning they had no intake. We did not know what the person came in with. So we didn't know their medical history at all or their health history or their anything. So what we found was um, a 94% accuracy rate in the medical intuitive locating and evaluating the, the subject's primary healthcare care issue right off the bat with no prior information. Uh, also to remember, these were a lot of these sessions were remote, they're done remotely, and my students have their eyes closed so there isn't a visual cue either. So we were very pleased with that 94% accuracy rate. Um, we also saw, now remember I said we look at the life history and we saw a 98% accuracy rate in uh, description of life experience that is could have led to the, the health outcome. So that was a very exciting number for us to see that there was that high result in describing issues or scenes, or, you know, life that could have, could, you know, made that connection to the healthcare issue. Yeah. Uh, we also we also asked the the participants if they had a known diagnosis from their primary from their, uh, you know, healthcare professional, their doctors, and about half of them did, and of that half, we asked. Um, how accurate or how consistent was the medical intuitive with that particular diagnosis. And we had a 94% accuracy rate there, 94% accuracy rate. These are very high numbers in the field of, you know, non-Western medicine. (laughs) So, um, When I sent all that data to my colleagues um, at the University of California, San Diego, they said, okay, uh, this is a particular, um, he's the chief of behavioral medicine and he runs a research center there, Dr. Paul J. Mills at University of California, San Diego. And he's also the director of the Deepak Chopra Center for research. He's (sighs) their director too. So he's very interested in this field and he said, let's do a, a, formalized gold standard study on medical intuition. We'll use your same, your same parameters and we'll get uh, uh, patients from the UCSD medical system and we'll vet them. So we'll have even more data and we'll test even further. This will be the first ever of its kind uh, gold standard study on medical intuition. Yeah. So right now for everyone listening, If you'd like to contribute to that because we're fundraising uh, for that effort, please go to the website and check it out. Send it to anybody you think might be interested because we would love to get this launched uh, this year.
0: Yeah.
3: And listeners that, Uh,
0: Website is thepracticalpath.com, T-H-E-P-R-A-C-T-I-C-A-L-P-A-T-H.com. And just some more comments coming in. I'm understanding from people uh, chatting into the station today um, that they're worried about the internet police busting down their doors and telling them to get off the internet. And I don't mean to laugh, Beth, but that's just, you know, I I think that governments need to understand that the internet will become paramount in people remaining connected, particularly over this time. So I think it's that is, is very unreasonable for them to expect you to not be on the internet. And Donnie wanted us to know that this is a very interesting show and they're listening in Tennessee, and thank you so much, Donnie. I've got um another comment from AJ. How can this help a person and what does it tell us? Which leads me into one of my questions I had for Wendy this morning is for her to share a memorable client story or two. So, AJ, I'll get Wendy to share some of her wonderful stories and that will help you understand how medical intuition helps and what it does. You there, Wendy? I'm here. I'm here. I wasn't sure if you wanted me to get started. I was waiting. Oh, so, I'm so sorry. Yes, please. Could you could you give us a couple of wonderful stories about how medical intuition has helped clients? And, and one or two stories would be just lovely because I'm sure that that will demonstrate for our listeners just how special medical t- intuition in combination with other things helps people to stay uh, healthy and well.
3: Great. Can, can you hear me, Tony? I, I just
0: want yeah, to make sure. Yeah, no, I just... Okay, it, it, good, good. Okay. It locked off for a minute and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh,
3: no. <laughs> um, great. So I, I will share a story that um, I actually share a good deal in conferences when I speak to doctors and nurses because this is a really... Um, a perfect example of how medical intuition works. And so your listeners can really get a good sense of how a qualified, certified medical intuitive can work with your physical body and your energy systems. Uh, So this, this was a client, this was some time ago, a client of mine, a woman who was in her mid forties. And she, she called me with a case of tendonitis in her wrist area. Mm -hmm. And she'd had it for about a month. And she felt that nothing was working. Um, She'd been to her doctor. She'd been to her acupuncturist. And she felt that nothing was really working. And we all understand tendinitis can last a long time, especially if it's in, you know, part of your body that you're using a lot. But regardless, she wanted me to look at it. And I thought, well, no problem. So... Uh, I look at the body two ways. One is that way where I look at the physical anatomy. And that's like looking at a real-time MRI. I can see the interior workings of the, the you know, the, whatever's going on in the anatomy. And uh, I also look, as I mentioned, about uh, at the life experience, which looks like a little watching a little movie of someone's life. So the first thing I do is I looked at her wrist. And what I saw was inflamed tendons, a lot of inflammation in there. I saw that underneath the tendons, there was a, in the wrist bone, there had been a, a break or fracture that looked old uh, and there was a sort of a bone scar. And all around the wrist, I saw what looked like a cloud of emotion, like heavy heartbreak and emotion things like that. So that was sort of what was going on currently in the wrist. And when I asked her wrist, and I remember I said it's a conversation, so I'm asking her wrist. Show me where this came from. And her wrist showed me an image of her about age 20 uh, playing. I'm sorry, uh, playing tennis with playing tennis with her boyfriend, uh, swinging her racket and tripping and falling and um, breaking her wrist. And that's where that healed bone scar came from. Uh, When I asked what else it wanted me to see, it showed me an image of her in the hospital in the er getting her wrist taped up and her bre- her boyfriend breaking up with her right there in the hospital room yeah so what her wrist was yeah what her wrist was indicating was it was holding on to this early life earlier life experience of a physical fracture not all that pain and trauma but emotional pain and trauma as well now after i was i told her this Sometimes clients have aha moments and she had one right there. <laughs> and she said, I'm going through a breakup with my current partner. We've been together for ten years. And I said, When when did that happen? And she said, A month ago.
0: Uh-huh.
3: So what her wrist was doing, it it was um, resonating or re triggering, you could say, this yeah. early earlier life experience of pain and emotion and heartbreak right there in the wrist. And that was where her body was holding on to it. Now, there was more, and this is what medical intuition can do. We can see everything that's in there, and what it showed me was an image of her around five years old uh, in a dark closet holding that arm up for protection and a cane coming down and striking her right on that same place in her wrist when she was quite young, and it looked like her mother, a mother, a woman was hitting her, and she stopped me, and she said, my mother was mentally ill. She used to beat me with her cane and lock me in a closet. Now that resonated with her. She had a memory of both of these issues. So what her wrist was basically telling her was, look, you know what? There's a a whole lifetime of trauma stored in this wrist. And when it gets activated, this can happen. It's a weakness, a weak part of the body. And that's what it was. Now, the, the interesting thing about this, Tony, is that this is a conversation between me and her physical body and her energy yes. field. Yes. And she had a memory. She remembered these, these incidents were familiar to her, but she wouldn't have put them together. Why would you? It's not logical. No, right? not, not. It doesn't work logically, but our bodies have their own logic. Yes. And that's what happened for her. Now, when I called her back two days later, I checked back in with her and I said, how are you doing? Now, now let me back up a little bit mi- a minute. <laughs> One of the things I have to do as a medical intuitive is I have to ask the body what it needs. How can this yes, thing yes. heal? Yes. And her wrist said, well, you got issues from stress and she's having lack, you know, sleep, uh, you know, interruption yes. from. From all of the emotion it said but this is really an emotional issue for her and she's holding on to this emotion and so I said to her look you know it's indicating that you know you can get some better sleep and do some work for your gut health but it looks emotional and maybe work with that that's really all I said I'm not a mental health care person it no. would be up to her to to find that well two days later I called her and I said how are you doing and she said it's gone my wrist is healed And I said, what did you do? And she said, I cried. (laughs) I just let myself feel the emotion of this breakup that I had been really trying to be stoic over. And my body, yeah, my body healed. And that was what her wrist wanted her to know. Wow. I see. I love that. I I just love that. I love that. Yeah. Well, in in Western medicine, they call that spontaneous remission, and then they yeah. dismiss it like it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, we I don't have know. To say, uh, that link
0: between the mind and body is such a powerful connection. And I yeah. know from my own health story um, having rheumatoid arthritis and the more yeah. I healed my mind and brain and my um, the pathways in my brain, the better my rheumatoid arthritis got. And that yes. still continues today. So yes. that's a wonderful story that perfectly illustrates the power of medical intuition and the work you do. Have you got another memorable
3: story to share with our listeners today? I do. Uh, this is um, this this is the the client that really turned my head around in terms of how important medical intuition is as as a, a tool, to, a skill, I should say. To yes incorporate all health care. This was a young woman. This is about almost 17 years ago now. A young woman who uh, had had, oh gosh, about six months of kidney pain, like upper back and kidney. And she'd been to every doctor in town. She was a young, beautiful, young, aspiring actress, you know, that kind of lovely young woman, very waif-like. And she'd been to every doctor and she'd had specialists look at this. And they couldn't find anything. They gave her all the tests that you would think they would give her. And what they called it was psychosomatic,
2: mm-hmm. meaning
3: mm-hmm. It's, it's all in your mind, right? Mm-hmm. And they gave her um, antidepressants because she was having trouble just functioning. And they gave her opioids for pain management yes. because she was clearly in pain. So uh, she came to see me, and I think within five minutes, I looked at her kidney, I had a conversation with her kidneys, and I saw that there was this very, very small, almost microscopic kidney stone that had come out of yes. the kidney and was sort of stuck up at the very top of the ureter tube, which goes down yes. to the bladder. Yes. And, and I was talking with her, th- this little thing, well, what does it need, kidney? What does she need to, to fix this? And the kidney said loud and clear and showed me, this needs a surgical intervention. And uh, yes. that was the recommendation. Mm -hmm, So what mm -hmm. I what I did at that moment was I drew a picture of her kidney and I said, here. now I found out later that it was so small. It was about two millimeters is what the kidney said. That was too small for the the test to pick up at the time. Maybe they have better equipment now, but at the time they couldn't have found it anyway. So I suggested that she find, uh, you know, a doctor that's willing to do, you know, exploratory kind of a look. And that's the last I heard from her. Uh, for a couple of years, and I found out later that she did find a surgeon. They were able to uh, remove the blockage there, and she was out of pain for the first time in, in a while. Uh, what I also found out was that she couldn't get the opioids anymore, but she became addicted to them by that time. Oh. And she had, she had turned to street heroin and had died of an overdose. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, it's a terrible story and a, and a horrible outcome. The absolute last thing anybody wants for anyone. It was tragic. Uh, I will tell you this, that, sto- that experience changed my life really because it changed my <laughs> mind about the value of medical yeah. intuition. We yeah. heard doctors had had me to call or someone like me. That's yeah. inconclusive. When someone is asymptomatic, when they don't know what's wrong this is where medical intuition is meant to be Absolutely. and this is where we can help and that's when I realized this is not just some fun thing I can do this is a de- deeply important skill that needs to be Definitely. in the healthcare field accepted and used yeah and so that is really the message I have
0: yeah
3: for everyone and Dala yeah. was- Jala wants to
0: know, so everyone with a body issue can benefit from getting a reading? Absolutely. Wouldn't you say, Wendy?
3: Yeah. Oh, without question. Without question. And again, you know, we're not just a physical body. We're not just a spirit. We're not just a mind. We are all yeah. combined. Yeah. And we, we want to look at our bodies that way. Our bodies really want us to hear what yes. they want us to know. You know? Yeah. So yeah. And most of the time, yeah. we're just not listening, are we? Well, we're not we're not taught to listen, are we? We're uh-huh. never taught that's that. Right. Yeah, that's and right. We're 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 and the way Western medicine works is it's very separate. But now yeah. I will say we're at a really wonderful time in history because um, there's something called integrative medicine and functional medicine, and it's yeah. those kind those doctors are learning about acupuncture. They're learning about healing modalities. They're learning about medical intuition. They're learning about these because they're patients well, are I just yeah. saw my medical intuitive and I have all this information stuff now yeah, yeah. what I do I, I have my clients take this information to their doctors and just well testing done. with options yeah it goes. so yeah. people
0: anyone can book an appointment with you can't they Wendy and how do they
3: go about yeah. booking an appointment well on my website uh, under the services tab you can Book a session on and there should be a little calendar there and a way to just go ahead and do that. Yes. Um, yes. I also have uh, plenty of students who are finishing their certifications and need at uh, they need to work with people. <laughs> so if people Fantastic. would like a a free session with some of the uh, the students, we're certainly welcome to do that. So they can just contact me through the website. And uh, I can set you up, my assistant can set you, up, set you up with a free session. And those are wonderful. And you're going to help our students learn and grow yes. as well. Yes. We also um, have certified graduates. i okay. on the website, we have our certified graduates. And we're having yes. more and more of those uh, every month. People can contact yes. them as well. Oh, fantastic.
0: So um, just some more people commenting that um, – the European Union has asked us to limit our internet usage. Um, Paula says, "Are doctors listening to patients when they are told where the information comes from?" Great question, Paula. How how's that working, Wendy?
3: Well, you know, that's a that. We, I wish I knew more about that. Um, we do encourage our clients to let get back to us on that. I will tell you this: uh, I have been teaching at Dr. Andrew Weil Center, and I teach. Uh, Fourth-year medical students and residents about medicine, and I also offer classes through the fellowship. Uh, I, I offer information as a, fa- a faculty member for the AIHM fellowship and the Academy for Integrative Health and Medicine. And yeah. these are doctors and nurses and naturopaths and you know osteopaths and whatnot, and yeah. they want to know. So this is a fairly new field. I will I will give you that. Yes. As it starts to permeate more, we're going to see more and more uh, doctors and physicians and whatnot want more information and want to work directly with medical intuitives. So that's on the horizon, and it's actually happening now.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. Lindsay wants to know, do you have to be face-to-face, or can it be done while people are apart, so via Skype or Zoom or any of the interactive
3: ways? Well, everything can be done over the phone, over Zoom, over Internet. It is a remote skill, meaning you and the practitioner do not have to be in the same place. Yeah. So there you go. Yes, absolutely. And that's why I work with clients all over the world and so do my, my graduates.
0: Fantastic, Listeners, we are just about out of time for this segment. Well, in mm-hmm. fact, we are out of time for this segment, but I thought it was important to finish off with the uh, questions that we have. So, Wendy, just a reminder to people, you can jump onto Wendy's website, which is thepracticalpath.com, and there you will be able to connect with Wendy. You can connect with any of her students or her graduates, and you don't have to be in person to have a reading or, Uh, interact with wendy and her team and she has lots of graduates and lots of training practitioners who would love to assist you with some diagnoses around those uh things that you're experiencing in your life and no you don't need to be face to face you can do it over the phone over the internet Um, i know lots of people are saying that they want us to limit our um, internet usage I actually think that um, a lot of people will be doing that just by virtue of what the world is going through at the moment. But for those of you that are worried about actually getting out and going to a doctor, then sometimes you can reach out to some of these modalities that can help you in the first instance and then say, as Wendy does, that now you need to go to your doctor and ask about this, this and this. So, Wendy, thank you so much for joining Radio Tony today from LA and thank you listeners um, for uh, such wonderful questions to Wendy today. That website, again, is thepracticalpath.com. It's a medical intuition... site that gives you lots of information about lots of things i've been on there yesterday and i just i got lost on there with all the information that was so good to for me to absorb and um so listeners it's a fabulous website wendy thank you so much for being on the show today um i hope that you have a wonderful rest of the week going into the weekend that you stay safe and um thank you once again for being on radio tony
3: Tony, thank you so much. And thank you, Tim. Please stay safe and be well.
0: Yeah. So listeners, we're actually just going to pop on and have one song and come straight back to you with our uh, next guest. So over to you, Rebel. The song will be uh, The Story of My Life by One Direction. Over to you, Rebel. Rebel. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis, author of Resilience,
1: memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores.
2: Stays right here in its cage I know that in the morning now
1: see us in the light upon the hill Although I am broken, my heart is untamed still And I'll be gone, gone tonight Fire beneath my feet, is burning bright
3: Been holding on so tight, with nothing in between. The story of my life, I'll take.
1: Resilience. Memoir of a Broken Little Girl, Discovering a Woman of Strength and Beauty is the new book from Australian author Tony Lontis, Available in paper, ebook, and audio formats, Resilience is the true life story of Tony, experiencing and surviving trauma, abuse, mental health issues and the ultimate betrayal of someone she fell in love with. Available for download now through all good online retailers and in all good bookstores.
2: Tough Conversations on the Social and Moral Issues of Our Time with Tony Lontus. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia, Radio Tony on W4WN.
0: And welcome back, listeners. You're listening to Tony Lontus Live on Radio Tony. And our next guest has joined us, and her name is Sharon Brandon. And Sharon is a marriage and intimate partner specialist known for her warmth, wicked sense of humor and compassion, Sharon's ability to identify and help people work through the many key issues facing couples has had a profound and transformative effect on many of her client's lives. She is passionate about building a society that focuses on having the most relational life possible. Why? Because it's good for our society, physical health, economic stability our families and our children. Sharon uses a range of proven approaches in her practice based on the work of Stan Takens, psychobiology a biological approach to couples therapy and John Julie Gottman, the Gottman Institute, Sue Johnson, emotionally focused couples therapy. Sharon has combined all these proven techniques and research to formulate a unique combination and approach to couples counseling. These combined techniques foster and promote change, personal growth, and relationship education to give couples the skills empowering them to become experts on their relationship. Um, so, welcome to Radio Tony, Sharon. Good morning, Tony. (laughs) We've had lots of interaction with our listeners today saying that in many countries across the world, um, from Europe to Canada and the US, they're being asked to limit their uh, uh, internet uh, interaction. So therefore, they're all quietly listening in the background and not chatting in many questions. And they've pointed that out to me this morning right through the first um, interview. So, I thought that it was pretty important today that I talk to an expert on relationships. Because the world is facing such an upheaval and that's going to have a direct impact on lots of people's relationships, particularly couples, where the husband and the wife are forced into isolation together or work-from-home circumstances where they are in each other's space for an extended amount of time. Sure. Oh my Um, goodness. (laughs) I can hear a plane landing. Yes, yes. We don't usually have them and
5: today we have them. So there you are. (laughs) (laughs) especially for everybody out there Uh, I think I think what can happen here is two different things I think this can either be a really positive thing for couples because couples don't often get to spend a lot of time together and it's an opportunity to spend quality time together how often do you get to sit down and have a meal with your family how often do you get to have those really intimate conversations without the interruption of daily life and work and you know my husband and I. I've been really um, focusing on working in our garden and doing things together like that. So it's a great opportunity to really connect in a really healthy way with each other. Um, If you find yourself in a situation where you're getting a little bit stressful because you're under each other's feet, you simply need to ask for your space. You know, can I have 15 minutes by myself? Um, Can I just go to another room and listen to some music for a while? Um, It's all about communicating your needs so that your partner can actually meet
0: them. Um, Yeah. Chase wants to know, would you think this situation can bring people together I know what my answer is absolutely yes
5: Yes. I think actually I think it's the disaster that's been waiting to happen
0: um, because we've
5: just so caught up in And in a world that is, you know, for example, um, the internet, you know, how many people are more interested in what people have to say on Facebook than the person who's sitting across from them having dinner with them in the evening, you know? Um, So it, like I said, it's a really great opportunity to reconnect with your partner. And one of the ways that you can do that is have conversations, um, remaining curious about what's happening inside your partner, uh, about what's going on in the world, have those sorts of conversations, get closer to each other, Um, you know, talk to your mum about really serious things like what would happen if you passed away, mum, you know, what sort of funeral would you like to have? We haven't had that discussion. So it's an opportunity to do all those sorts of things as well. And get close to your kids, you know, Um, go and play mud pies in the backyard, have a water fight in the backyard, you know, do all those sorts of things that you don't often get the opportunity
0: to do. Yeah, there will be a lot of um, families and couples out there that will be in close contact um, Mm -hmm. slash isolation. And it's... I absolutely believe that having Sharon on the show this morning is important to keep those conversations going around how does this work what does this look like Mm. what happens if the kids begin to drive me crazy what happens if my husband's working from home I'm working from home the kids are home how do we uh And we're we're limited in the places that we can go and the things that we can do. What does that look like for us? How do we keep happy, safe, strong relationships at this time?
5: It really is about uh, equity. In the relationship, yeah. it's about creating that balance in the relationship. Um, very often, couples come into me, and one of the major things that I see with couples is they find it really hard to be honest with each other. They really find it hard to be in their integrity with each other because mm-hmm. they're frightened of what will happen when they speak their truth. And very yeah. often, it's actually a relief to the other person. Um, it, for example, for men, often it's a relief to know what's going on in their partner's head instead of just, you know, getting upset about things. We can actually talk about things and create a different kind of language between um, ourselves. Um, and it's it's a really bonding thing to be able to speak your truth in the presence of another person. So this, by speaking your truth, I mean talk about how vulnerable you feel. Talk about how... Um, you would like more assistance with things if that's what you desire, and you can frame it in a way that is respectful, um, that is a request rather than a demand. Um, you can fr- you can just it's about using the appropriate language with each other, and it's about remaining curious about how that's going to affect the other person, and asking them how will this affect you if I ask for more time alone. You know, so it's a discussion and it's an open, caring, loving discussion that shows compassion and empathy for the other person and their position. So this is what I do with couples a lot in therapy. It's about giving them a different language to talk about things um, so that they're actually able to hear each other in a way that they can meet each other's needs. It's not a demand. It's not an accusation. Um,
0: So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we have a question here, I think. Yeah, we have some questions coming in, which is lovely. Um, Mari says, my mum may freak out and think I'm trying to get rid of her if those questions <laughs> get asked at this time. You might, oh, Mary. With,
5: you might want to premise it with, mum, I'm not trying to get rid of you, however. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I thought it might be a a time that we discuss what your feelings are yeah. around this. In yeah. in uncertain times, it's it's an opportune time to talk about those important decisions. Um, another one of those things is um, end of life decisions. Like, uh, and I know that these are tough conversations. But gosh, if there's ever a time to have some tough conversations, it's right now, mm. isn't it, Sharon?
5: It is, it is. And look, there's a lot of fear around too and and what I would hope that couples have and are able to give to each other is comfort. That's why we pair bond with another person is really to have that very special person who's there for us, who can meet our needs, who can comfort us in times of stress. Um, and I always say to couples, the measure of a relationship is not how you behave when things are, are good, that's mm-hmm. easy. The measure of a relationship is how you behave towards one another when times get tough. And the other really important thing is that when times are tough and you say something that's inappropriate or you have a fight about something, it's how you repair afterwards, how you come back together and you can own your own stuff and say, look, I was really out of line when I said that. I was feeling very stressed and there's no excuse. I'm really sorry. Can we can we try that again? Can we can we try to discuss this without you know um, getting Being irate angry. to each other? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and so you know it that's really important too. So the fact of the matter is is that look. People annoy each other. People are annoying, right? <laughs> they really are. <laughs> you know, it's like you're you're living with this completely different human being who has sometimes totally different ideas on how to do things and behave. So you know, it really is about understanding that and connecting with each other in a deep and intimate way, and that allows you to create an environment that is equitable, that is caring. Um, you know, and look, be honest with each other. Look, you're really annoying me right now. I need to go and have some space so I can come back and, you know, it can be all loving again, you know.
0: I was just going <laughs> um, to ask you, Sharon, there's a lot of people feeling uh, fearful anxious and worried about the future, Mm -hmm. that's absolutely something that you should talk to your partner um, about, isn't it? You should be able to say, look, I'm really feeling a bit worried about what's going to happen with my elderly parents. I'm really feeling um, uneasy about what would happen if I lose my job. They're important conversations as well, no matter how hard they are. how How do families and couples navigate those sorts of uh, discussions in the home.
5: I think it really is about being able to be vulnerable with each other, and yeah. I think that's one of the the key components of a really healthy, connected relationship. I mean, we talk about connection. Let me let me expand on what that actually is. It's being able to be truly who you are with somebody, accepted and and loved for who you are even though you may have an incredible amount of flaws being able to be vulnerable to cry with someone to be held by someone and most importantly connection is is really the foundation for safety and safety in relationships is paramount if you don't have safety in your relationship and trust in that then you you really need to seek help because safety is core because when you really look at it um, lots of the therapy that um, that I do the foundations of the research around this therapy really is about having secure attachment and secure attachment comes from attachment theory and so it's premised on how we related to our primary caregiver as children. And sometimes if that hasn't been a really healthy relationship, we grow up into adulthood and we recreate that lack of connection. We recreate situations where we're not bonded. So we're reliving that kind of trauma that we experienced as children. So relationships really are uh, uh, the foundation of um, healing trauma. Yeah. It's yeah. through connectedness that we heal our trauma. Yes. It's through connectedness that we heal our hurts. We heal our pain. Um, we really get to know ourselves. We understand where our boundaries lie. Um, we understand why we can't put boundaries in place. It really is the premise of everything. Yeah. Um, and so that's primarily why I work with it because I really feel like it's core work. When you work with the couple, um, the couple... And when they're connected and they're loving and there's a loving environment, that spills out onto the children. The children go out into the society and the society is healthy and, you know, it's just best for
0: everything. Uh, So, yeah, so I I think that answered that question. I'm not sure. It does. I've got a couple of questions. Missy, (laughs) Missy has a comment. Do you find there's (laughs) going to be a baby boom in about 10 months with everyone being stuck together? i think so missy i think that might be highly on the cards <laughs> which is not a bad thing
5: it's not a bad thing at all no all
0: and intense. he wants to know uh can needs be met if they are not met in the right mind so i'm gonna let you answer that one sharon that's a great question um, missy and a little little tricky so that's sharon's
5: so by right mind, I'm imagining that somebody's receptive to hearing what you're requesting from them. Yes, um, that's what I'm going to 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 base that question on. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's, if they're not receptive, then don't have
5: the yeah. conversation. Well, if they're not receptive, it's really about saying, "I don't feel that you can hear me in this moment. Is it good to come back later?" When can we have this conversation? Um, I feel the need to discuss this with you. I'd really like to do that in a way that you can hear what I have to say. So it's a gentle approach. Yeah. So when, when we ask somebody, like, say, for example, you would like your husband to help you more with the dishes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you say, look, you're really lazy and you never contribute and I just want you to help more, can you do that? That's not going to be met. (laughs) Uh What you're going to do is you're going to get your husband's back up, right? And Mm -hmm. rightly so because who's Mm -hmm. going to respond to that, right? So the way that I would ask that question is this. I bring it back to myself. I would say, sometimes I feel really overwhelmed with everything I have to do in the house. Mm-hmm. I would really appreciate it if you could support me a little bit more there. Would you be able to do that? One of the ways that you could do that is help me with the dishes. Would you be
0: open to doing that for me? It's a much gentler approach, isn't it, Sharon? But so
5: you're still, exactly, you're still asking, asking for, for the me. same thing. Yeah, but you're just doing it in a way. and And really, when you start to ask for things in that way, in a soft gentle way and you make it about your need in that moment i it, you know 99% of the time the other person is going to respond of course i can sure i can i'd love to do that you know maybe we can chat while we're doing it <laughs> yes, so I mean, it yeah. really it really is about approaching your partner in a way that brings it back to you about your need making the request in a way that they can hear you
3: right
5: yeah. so that's yeah. being vulnerable isn't it to be, to yeah. do that yeah. to say this is my need and I would really appreciate some assistance so it's not a demand it's a request and yeah. sometimes you'll get a no and that's yeah. okay but a lot of the time you'll get a yes and that's what we're aiming for so it's a win-win situation when we Definitely. talk to clients like yeah. that
0: Got another question from Mari who wants to know, okay, so if we did not connect with a caregiver as kids, how do we fix our adult selves? Wonderful question, Mari. Over to you, Sharon. You do that
5: in relationship and you do it in re- either in relationship with a therapist or either in relationship with somebody who has what we call secure attachment. Yeah. Very often, however, in in relationship uh, configurations, you if you've had a, a traumatic childhood or if you've had a childhood where you didn't have secure bonding with your primary caregivers, then you're going to recreate that. The thing uh-huh. that I would suggest people do is they reach out to a therapist who is trained in attachment theory. Mm. So, um, because attachment theory is really foundational and with attachment theory the main therapy that i use is um, sue johnson's emotionally focused couples therapy so this therapy starts from the inside out so Uh before we even start any kind of dialogue between couples or any kind of conversation what we do is we create safety in the relationship that's primary Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because if you've grown up in a in a in a family where you've been traumatized or you have not had the connection and the bonding that's needed for you to be in a secure functioning relationship, you need to establish that. So we create yeah. that. Yeah. And so what I do with my individual clients is I, I mirror the secure attachment for them. I, I'm their primary in that situation. So yeah. I create safety for them so that they can learn and understand what a safe relationship looks like. There's this all sorts of um, myths out there about relationships, this idea that you can't love anybody else until you can love yourself. Well, it's kind of crazy to me because you actually learn to love yourself by being loved by somebody else. You actually learn about your boundaries by being in relationship with somebody else. You learn what self is by coming up against somebody else, right? You learn about boundaries when you come up against somebody else. Yeah. So so these are all sorts of um, new ideas. They're not actually new, but they've come out of 40 years of research. Yeah. Um, and so we want to get away from the idea that you can actually heal yourself in isolation because you can't. You really just can't. We're mammals and we pair bond and we form dyads, you know, so it's our relationships are two. Um, so this is what we call a two-person psychological system. Right? Yes. So if you go through your life and you are securely attached to just one person, yeah, this can change everything for you. This can change the way that you, you run your businesses, that you, you handle yourself, um, how, your economic status, your physiological health, everything. Um, it's the measure of everything. Um, yes. Yes, Is, I,
0: I I hope I've answered that question to satisfaction. It, it was a great question, uh, a great great question, Murray. Now, Sharon, your um, services aren't limited to Australians, are they? No, they are not. You no. can connect with anyone um, all over the world via the technology that we have in place. So that's the- right. Mm Skype. And for those of us listening today who'd like some help from Sharon, um, who is here on the Gold Coast, I've popped up Sharon's uh, Facebook page, her uh, website, um, her email so that you're able to connect with her. And I think it's very important to point out to our listeners that I want to make it make you aware that you can still connect with people that can help you through and with these difficult times and I thought it was very important that we have someone who is focused on couple therapy mainly again because many of us in couples and families will be in close quarters for (laughs) who knows how long and we may run into some issues and that's perfectly understandable it is a trying time and there is some um uncertainty across the world at the moment and for many of us being home with your significant other or partner at this time may result in a few in some in in a tense atmosphere and that's not good for anyone, really. And so I wanted to make sure that people were aware, particularly our listeners, that there's people like Sharon out there who are available for you to talk to, to connect with, and who can help you navigate some of these difficult times. Um, Sharon, you uh, use Zoom as your primary uh, I do. Option. And yes. Can I
5: just say too, Tony, the best way to contact me is through my website. That's yes. at www.relationshipintensives. The reason for that is I lost a lot of my social
0: media. That's right. I forgot <laughs> so, about that. Yeah, that's all right. That's so all right. Just, so just so for really, our listeners, before yeah. Sharon uh, was – unsummariously kicked off uh, social media by Facebook and lost um, a lot of her connections and, and information. So um, I've put that website back up on the chat, in the chat box again and it's relationshipintensives.com. And you can reach out to Sharon, you can ask her questions, you can connect with her for and sure. you can also book appointments that she can do virtually for you and your significant other to help you through this traumatic time that we are in at the moment. Um, Sharon, just quickly before we run out of time, when we have, we haven't had world times like this since mm. the last world war and mm. not many of us uh, were alive then to remember what that was like as an adult. But Basing my question on your uh, extensive experience, what are some of the things that couples could be on the lookout for in these times? Obviously, you're going to be a little on edge, so you might be a bit fractious with each other. You might be prone to arguments. What are your thoughts on some of the other things that couples should be on the lookout for? and be focused on uh, navigating rather than uh, intensifying the situation?
5: I think what is key here is to be able to work together. Okay, so you're a team. So you need to look at yourself as a team. And in these times, you're in the trenches together, if we could use a war analogy. Um, You're in the trenches together and you have to have each other's back
0: yeah
5: you know you need to be able to depend on each other and so when your partner starts to get on your nerves I want you to just keep in mind to look at them and to know if I was really in strife does this person have my back You know, um, stop seeing your partner as the enemy. They're not the enemy. They're your comrade. Um, So you work together. You're a team. So that's one thing. Be aware of your own triggers as well. Be aware of um, if you are a person who struggles with confinement, um, you need to sort of have a look at and read up on what you can do for yourself in those situations. Um, And just make your partner aware of what you're feeling. Say, I am feeling really stressed I'm feeling really anxious I don't like being confined like this Um, I need to go for a walk by myself Uh, you know so just you know be aware of yourself that's really key and if you really get into strife with each other seek help you know um there are so many wonderful therapists and people out there who can really assist you, um, and I highly recommend that you seek help if you get into trouble and you can't get yourself out of it. I think there's still a lot of stigma around that. I think we sort of grow—you know—we grow up thinking that we should just know how to do this, and the fact of the matter is, is we don't live in societies that are relational. We 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 learn to be really adversarial with each other and to fight for what we need rather than to cooperate. And so I think um, reaching out for somebody who can really assist you to reconnect, and sometimes it takes one session and you can get back on track. Um, It doesn't have to be this long sort of drawn-out process. Um, So, yeah, so anybody out there, if you're getting into trouble, I offer a 20-minute free consultation call Um, sometimes we can just fix that in 20 minutes or you may need extra help but please reach out
0: so listeners we are just about out of time and just once again that Website of Sharon's is relationshipintensives dot com. You've heard it on radio Tony today that she's more than happy to uh, listen and talk to you and help you through these difficult times. And thank you so much for coming oh, on the delight, radio today. Tony. <laughs> um, my my efforts this week have been in trying to support people through these sure. difficult times, and I appreciate in your busy schedule that you've come on radio Tony today and offered some valuable thoughts, insight, and help for the, for the listeners. But we are out of time for your segment, and I have our next guest, the lovely Tracy Horton, online. So I'm going to say goodbye. Tony. Bye. Thank you so Bye, much, everybody. Sharon. Bye. And on the line, we now have Tracy Horton and Tracy is a senior, a seasoned public speaker, author and qualified life coach. Tracy's worked alongside men and women for over 25 years helping rebuild lives and allowing people to become the best versions of themselves. Tracy has spent years helping people to create their own authentic journey. She knows her community and the needs of people, knowing what real brokenness is she has managed to build her life from that of an alcoholic abused poverty stricken uh, child to where she is today a passionate warm caring and amazing woman Her experiences have given her insight and wisdom uh, that today is being used to help people create the life that they can only dream of. Through books, seminars, retreats, and life coaching, Tracy has a way of equipping people to practically reach their goals and live their life to their fullest potential. Tracy has a strong marriage of 30 years to Paul. She has four beautiful daughters eight grandkids and has called the gold coast home since 1995 to know tracy is to love her and there's many in the people in the world that after just moments in their presence you feel changed. tracy is one of those people and i am so delighted that she is radio tony's newest sponsor and a close friend of mine welcome to the show tracy
4: thanks tony
0: lovely to be here um this morning we have been talking about lots of things that help people manage in this unusual time the world and humanity sees itself in at the moment and uh, I'm really appreciative of your time. I know that there's a lot going on in your life and to have you on the radio live with me today after I've been talking about you for weeks and weeks on end is a blessing indeed so listeners tracy has um also published a book called the unhappy smile and it is a brilliant little book but i'm going to hand over to tracy to start the conversation about her book the unhappy smile
4: thanks tony you know recently i just um, my daughter, one of my daughters ended up at a place that was doing some mental health work and she was there for a small time and the lady at reception was reading a book and she said, to her, what are you reading? And she said, oh, it's a little book called The Unhappy Smile. Aww. And she said, oh, my mother wrote that book. She went, your mother? She went, yeah, that's my mum's book. She said, oh, my goodness, what on earth are you doing here? Can, you- <laughs> Can she come and talk to us? And all over the world it's getting that sort of response because it's really simple. You know, know, Tony, if I could say anything to all the listeners, it's this, life is getting simpler. The universe is screaming at us to break it down into simplicity because everything we need is simply still around us. And so the book is a simplistic book with deep insight into how to truly be the best version of yourself, the freest version of yourself, and how to certainly understand how to behave in times like this and how to manage yourself no matter what comes to you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I have my copy of Tracy's book on my desk here, and I have to say, it is. And I'm just reaching for it as I'm talking to your audience. I'm sorry about the background noise. I actually have Tracy's book on on my desk, and I have thumbnails and uh, bright sticky notes in all the places that I want to go back and reread what I've already read. So it's an amazing little book. And Tracy, people can jump onto your website to get your book. Is that correct?
4: Yes, absolutely, they can. Yep, www.tracy with an E, Horton or one word, .com. Um, um Sorry, you go ahead. Sorry. And I was just going to say I'm still, I, I self published this book for one reason and one reason only. For every copy that's sold, I'm, I donate a copy to an at risk woman. Um, or man who who really needs it and is unable to afford it, and that's still going on today. So every listener that purchases one, a copy will be sent from them and their name to somebody in, in need in Australia.
0: How amazing is that? Yeah. Um, Ken wants to know, what is this book you are telling us about?
4: <laughs> <laughs> Ken, I was born into a very different home to everybody else in the early 60s. My dad was a schizophrenic with five diagnosed personalities, and we were full of domestic violence and sexual abuse from as young as I can remember. So by the time I was 18, I was really unable to contribute to society because none of my needs, none of my worth, none of my value, it just hadn't been established when it should have been as a child and being told i would need to be medicated or i would die i decided to go on my own vigilant little trip and discover what everybody else was talking about and so what i discovered was nine keys which are in the book on how to apply those to yourself and and heal yourself from any trauma that you've suffered at any time in your life and it's so relevant today because so many people are suffering trauma around what's going on in the world and the book is for anybody who's just struggling with anything it's a simplistic easy to apply book and it has some really great value in it it it's a fabulous
0: <laughs> I can't get my words out. It's a fabulous little book and, and I point out that it's little because it's easy to read. Um it's not a huge, big, thick book and it's got lots of practical advice and little activities and things in it and it's um which makes it a um more unusual. But it's called The Unhappy Smile by Tracy Horton. And if you jump onto Tracy's website, TracyHorton.com, with that's Tracy with an E, you'll be able to get her book um Easily, And she will donate every time you buy a book from Tracy, she donates a book to someone in need, which is a wonderful initiative, particularly in these times. So, Tracy, the other thing I wanted to talk about today is, is um, imparting to our listeners some advice on how to make it through the next little while, which could see the world potentially isolated and The other thing that's becoming paramount is we are being bombarded with negativity and negative issues. And I know that you're passionate about talking about that. So I'm going to hand it over to you for some advice and strategies to help our listeners get to the other side of this, because there will be an end. This will not go on forever. There will eventually be a decrease in the virus. There will eventually be a vaccine and we will all make it to the other side. Um, in all probability. So um, over to you, Tracy. just for some of your advice for our listeners today.
4: You know, the reason people are going crazy is because in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, some of our most basic needs, breathing, food, water, being able to care for our bodies is, is actually being threatened or attempting to be threatened, certainly by what the media is hyping it all about. And so when we get that point where that gets threatened, we lose, we really lose a little bit of sanity, which is our functional ability to think straight. But here's the thing we are created beings. We're not produced or manufactured. We're created and we yes. were created from creation, from the universe that we live in. So therefore, we are always, always supported and undergirded by that. So we cannot. Fail, we cannot run out, we cannot have things go wrong, and I actually think there's a lot of beautiful things that can come out of this. You know, Tony, I read a story yesterday online about a small town in Italy. As you know, Italy has been in lockdown, and I don't know if you've been to Italy, but the streets are very narrow, and so what happens, what happens is that they're so narrow they can almost see each other. And so these families have set up little lines where they've hooked food baskets on and they're swapping food as they make it through the day. And at night, this reporter said that the most incredible thing that could be heard, he was an English reporter that got caught in Italy and has had to stay there, was the sound of people talking to each other about life from their windows and I think this I, I think I think we're presented with a really great opportunity to get a little bit more back to basics and understand that we it's time we were talking again it was time we were just enjoying each other again it's time that we were just appreciating the fact that life is life and you know just make some simple changes buying groceries from Woolworths and Coles isn't your only option so stop getting worried about it just stop you've got people you've got farmers that come into markets every week all over Australia those fruit and veg are organic I buy them they last two to three weeks what is the problem honestly I agree I agree we're really getting worried over nothing
0: I truly believe it. Because as in Australia and the US, there's plenty of food. There's no need to be panic buying. Um, There's huge, big stockpiles of food. So there's just no reason to panic buy and impact other human beings because they can't get essentials because you stocked up for six months worth of toilet paper,
4: for God's sakes. And we're genetically wired to only have to eat every three days. If it really became urgent, we can genetically survive at a higher level of awareness and frequency if we only ate every three days anyway. So it's a win-win. I mean, when when the Black Plague hit and England was closed because so many people died, Albert Einstein emerged from that with the theory of relativity. I tell you, this lockdown... Gives me goosebumps, that story. This lockdown is going to bring some incredible, incredible stuff back into our universe. We're going to see some really beautifully unique answers come.
0: From this time of being uh, effectively hibernating uh, or in isolation. Um, I actually am with tracy as well and you know listeners that i am um the most positive person out there and i really am excited about what the world might look like on the other side of this little hiccup we're having at the moment tracy chase wants to know how much sanity can a person lose and can you
4: gain it back great question (laughs) chase great question Chase, I believe we can almost lose complete and complete sanity, yeah. <laughs> but we can we can gain it back. And listeners, if I could say anything to you, I would say this: there has been moments in my life when my sanity has been extremely clear, and there's been other moments when I've almost needed a friend to remind me how sane I am.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Sometimes when life happens, and let's remember that this this epidemic, this pandemic. This has been laid, lobbed on top of a lot of people that were already stressed, that were already going through their own mental I health just, issues, that were already going through their own brokenness. I and was going to
0: say, Tracy, that in the lead-up to the pandemic, so many of those that are close to me and around me were struggling with big, horrible stuff, like life-changing stuff, and then bang, there's a pandemic on top of that that there have there are people that will be really struggling um, and and it's a powerful uh, thing to know that you are in a place of uh, direness and then have to deal with all the rest of it so there will be a lot of people who are struggling with their sanity at the moment so Tracy What are your suggestions about gaining perspective and gaining that sanity um, back from the brink?
4: I think the most important thing to do during this time is to be really sure that you hold some sort of gratitude list um, in your heart and your mind every day, just being mindful of what you're grateful for, because that's different for all of us. I'm very grateful for a husband who is an incredible support to me, and I wouldn't be the woman I am today without him. But I've got girlfriends who are single and are very grateful for the strength they can hold in their own space and being single. Mm. And I think that sometimes, especially when the media is telling us everything's going to run out you know, you, you're not going to have your job, you're not going to have food like, just stop all of that and let's just mm-hmm. really ground ourselves every morning and every night with what we're grateful for. I've got nine healthy grandchildren. I've got four healthy daughters. I've got four healthy son-in-laws. We have a roof over our head that can't be taken from us because Mm -hmm. we're in a country where the government's going to make sure it's not. You know, there's a lot to be grateful for. I mean, look outside your window today. Look at the weather. Creation's not that worried about this pandemic, I'm telling you. It's turning on beautiful waves. I was just going to say... I think I said
0: this before earlier in the program I think that the nature um mother nature is like taking the biggest most glorious breath in the knowledge that there's hardly any planes people are not out and about they're not using their cars they're not on public transport and she's going
4: yippee (laughs) for sure for sure so I think you know holding your own gratitude list and And being aware, you know, to me, sanity is so fluid, Tony. Yes. We think it's defined in a box, but it's not. Because my my level of sanity may differ to yours. You know, as we we know, you struggle with with certain health issues that require you to think differently to me. So it would be it wouldn't be sanity for me to live like you just because I know you. Yeah. My my sanity is different. And I think that this is a really good opportunity for us all to say, okay, that's really fluid. Sanity for me is understanding that even in lockdown, I'm going to need to ground myself outside. Even in lockdown, I'm yeah. going to need to swim. Even in lockdown, yeah. I can still talk to the neighbours over the fence, you know, yeah. like that's, that stuff.
0: I agree. I, I think it's about um, just thinking Differently about the way you do things, and finding the positive in what's going on around you, um, and yeah, Trace, I. Uh, as I've said to the listeners, I'm in self-isolation, and for the most part, that's going to be fine. But there will come a time when I'm just like, "Oh my God, I need to get out of here," <laughs> um, and 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 that will be okay. I will work out what that looks like when I get to that point. But for everyone else, you your lives are only, are only you know slightly changed, and and maintaining that positive, grounded thought pattern of being grateful is a huge help in maintaining your sanity and therefore your ability to cope under stress because we don't know how long this is going to go
4: on do we tracy no we don't and that's a real question for Australians because our government's dealing with it very differently. Yes. As you as you know, many, many other countries have gone into lockdown and isolation yeah. and we're not. And we're not. Yeah. So so you know, China's already gone nearly forty eight hours now without no new cases. And they've been in lockdown. That's right. That's right. I I personally think that the government needs to call that a little quicker than it is. I agree with you. I
0: I yeah. I think from my perspective, it seems that we are a little slow to follow what other countries have demonstrated that works. So, for instance, China just locking down their populations has resulted in no cases. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens in Australia. I know for our American listeners, your president is really ramping up things quite quickly over there. Um, And I know, Tracy, earlier in the show, we had lots of people from Mississippi and Tennessee um, and uh, LA, which were all saying to us that uh, they've been actually told to limit their internet use because of the amounts of people that are. In lockdown and at home and they just wanted to let us know that yeah we've been told to to limit our internet use which is um a little concerning from their perspective um we we're not at that stage here in australia we're kind of we're free to pretty much go out um just maintaining social distancing and hand washing and stuff but that may change very soon tracy they haven't closed schools or daycares yet have they no, they haven't. No,
4: not at all. No. And I, you know, in America, you know, I feel for Americans because there's a lot yes. of them in a much yes. smaller geographical space than us. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, we do still have <clears throat> plenty of paddocks. We've still got a lot of our country that's uninhabited, undefined. So we yeah. do have some opportunities that they don't. But that's one of right. the things I love most about Americans is how they take something on and they get really serious and i think i think australians have that ability too and i think that it's really sad for me to see that people are fighting in shops yes. over over food and stuff when if it had been fires or you know in america they have some of these horrendous tornadoes you yes. see su- you see the best of people you see people just giving and giving and giving yes. and yet at this moment there seems to be that real Transverse behaviour where people yeah. are taking, 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 and selfishness. And it, I know, and it's so un, its so unnecessary. It, it's pretty un-Australian, actually, isn't it? I, I, yeah.
0: I, Someone watching is. some of those scenes, which I, I, as listeners know, I don't. I try not to. I only limit. I limit what I watch in terms of news, but I have seen some of those scenes where people, fit and healthy people, have ripped stuff from elderly people, and and that's just. There's no excuse for that sort of behaviour, and that hurts my soul. Um, I'm a kind person, and I, I just there is just no need for that, is there, Tracy?
4: There isn't. There just isn't, because in America or Australia, we haven't had famine in such no. a long time. Yeah. We haven't had lack, and I truly don't believe we're going to have it now. I don't think so either. Except that we get crazy and created ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Tony, doesn't that just bring us back to everything else that we are always the source and the answer to everything we go through in life? And so all these people that are fearing lack, isn't it just a great opportunity for them to look and say, why am I like this? Why am I like this? I agree. Because, you know, it was long before the pandemic that they had those beliefs. And if they could shift them, if they could shift them, this would be a great opportunity for them to never be the same.
0: Yeah, and talking to a lot of, uh, to all of my guests today, that there has been that same thread through all of the show today, that as humanity, we've never had a better opportunity to get in touch with ourselves, our personalities, the way we think, and the way we behave, and that could be the change the world needs to
4: see. Absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely it is absolutely what the universe is is crying out for yes yeah. just cr- yeah and i think the universe the universe has just has just paused to allow what's yes. happening to happen now and just waiting for us all to go okay how do we how do we fix this because humanity is never better than in crisis yes. the best of humanity always comes from crisis Yes, And I I truly believe if people could stop listening to all the negative stuff on the media and just listen to the positive, we truly, we truly will come out of this way, way better than ever before.
0: And what an exciting prospect that is to have a world that is in tune with each other, um, in tune with nature and uh, being more positive,
4: respectful um, and kinder. What a wonderful world that would be. I know, I know. You know, I'm a huge believer in creation undergirding us and supporting us.
0: <clears throat> yes.
4: And as I've taught before, there is scientific proof that around 3 a.m. every morning, the, the world slows on its axis and they say in scientific terms, they say if we could be still long enough, we could hear creation almost groaning. Yes, with, and and creation is groaning like a chi- a woman in childbirth was how they likened it. The scientists said it is yes. almost like a woman in childbirth just ready to deliver, and I think understanding that, taking taking away all of our own ability to to provide and to do and to be on the wheel and to have to make it happen, and I think just stepping back one step and just understanding that every single morning every one of us wakes up and creation is already holding everything we need, just longing to impart it to us. I think if we can take this moment of stillness when we aren't busy shopping together and having yes. lunches together and focus on things like that, meditate on things like that, yes. I tell you what you're going to see. You're, you're going to see power. huge people, you're going to yeah. see a huge number of people walk into everything they've ever, ever desired.
0: Yeah, yeah. And on that note, my wonderful listeners, we are out of time. Tracy, thank you so much for coming on Radio Tony today. You are our beloved show sponsor and to have you live on the show today is just such a blessing. So everyone, it's uh, that's it for me this week. Please stay safe and be kind to each other. Thank you, Tracy. Over to you and I'll See you all next week, listeners. Bye for now. Bye, my pleasure.
2: Radio Tony. Your safe space for tough conversations. Exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery.
1: Radio Tony, a platform for the unheard. Radio Tony. With Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. I'd set you free, Radio, 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 Tony. Radio Tony. Radio Tony. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good
2: bookstores. We're the rebel, yeah. Radio Tony.
5: Back
1: next Thursday from 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Mama.